Hey, you're listening to It Needs To Be Said, where the conversations are honest and the opinions may get you cancelled. Hi. Good morning. How was your week? <laughs> My week was good. Um, yes, not much to report, no real big updates, but I do have a thing I want to ask you about. <laughs> so I was on a walk with Ruan yesterday and when we walk Maya and she, you know, does her business, she's trained to do it like off the path into the grass. Mm-hmm. And so we don't pick that up because it's not on the path. Are you against that? Yeah. Really? Even if it's yeah. like into like the bushes. Um are you are you running along that river? Yeah. Um But like do people sit and have a picnic on no. that grass area? Uh-uh. Never seen it because it's kind of like it's like too long grass. It's not at the sitting part. I know the part that you're talking about. This is like, because it's always in the same kind of area. It's like on the other side of the river near this like really long grass area. Um, But yeah, let's say that it is on like a random part of the path, but it's Uh like, it's off the path. It's to the side. Do you feel like we should pick it up? Um, I feel like if it's in like an area where people don't go, like, mm. say, long grass, by a bush, you could probably get away with it. If it's like, I think if you lived where I live, the place where I think you would go, mm-hmm. if it was just, like, left of the path, 100% pick it up because people have, like, picnics there. A lot of people, like, there's a lot of benches that are kind of just, like, sporadically in the grass. So, people mm-hmm. would obviously walk through the grass to, say, go sit on a bench for some period of time or, like, okay. by the, like, river thing. Mm-hmm. So, you could potentially step on shit if it was, like, not on the path, but, you yeah, know, like, okay. off. To, and, like, people have, you know, picnics and birthday parties and things like this in this sort of reserve area. So, just because it's not on the path, I'm envisioning this situation. Yeah, you would it would still be appropriate. However, yeah, there's definitely parts like on the other side of the path that are closer to the river mm-hmm. that's like significantly overgrown and a bit like reedy and yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you could get away with that. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. That's the kind of situation that we've been in a few times where, um, like if we're on a big walk, like going up, you know that that big hill walk that we did with you, mm-hmm. um, it will literally be in like the full bushes, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, That's so like we'll scrub. just leave that. Yeah, literally scrub. So we, yeah. so sometimes even if it's like a little bit just off the path, we'll flick it further into the scrub. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely been times where like it's been off the path. But if it's in a section where we know people are going to walk, we would pick that up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we don't pick it up. And Ron, Ron was like, oh, maybe we should pick that up. And I was like, we can if you want to, but. I've never like no one no one's gonna walk there so so much rain all the time I feel like Mm, it'll just be washed away by it's gonna be washed away (laughs) it will be Mm -hmm. fine but Mm -hmm. yeah I just thought I'd get your opinion on that because maybe we should just start picking it up I don't know because then a lady was doing it ahead of us and her dog had gone way further off the path and she still picked it up yeah right so I was like "Mm, okay maybe that make you feel guilty (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like putting the trolley back you know yeah, true. Do everyone a public service. It's a bit in that realm, you know. Speaking mm. of, yeah, um, we have had this conversation before on Marco about yeah, people that don't put their trolleys back. And mm-hmm. are you are the listeners think to yourself, are you a person that puts your trolley back or doesn't put your trolley back? Yes and no. Mm. So we have a few shopping centers near our house where. 
there's like no trolley bay or it's around the corner of the shopping center and it's like I can't see it. So my, my opinion is if I can see it in like even if it's far away, if I can see it, I'll go put it away. But if mm-hmm. I can't see a trolley bay mm-hmm. and uh, particularly some around my house, other people don't either. And so, so there's always like, you know, one section where people have made like their own trolley bay, mm-hmm. then I'll just go and put it there. But mm-hmm. I would never, ever just like leave it next to my car if I can see there's a trolley bay like, you know, 20 meters away. Yeah, even if it is like annoying to get to. Or I feel like when I do go shopping though, I'm like kind of mindful to park down like if I can an aisle that's near a trolley bay because sometimes like this particular car park you would have to go all the way to the end and then like around because it's kind of like mm-hmm. gutted like full length gutters so you couldn't just like cross between so sometimes you might be like three or four bays away from a thing mm-hmm. which is super annoying because you have to go all the way to the end all the way to the end and then back so I'm kind of conscious but yeah I think if you can't see a bay and there's not a bay until like all the way on the, like it would almost even be closer for you just to go back to the bloody shop Literally. than like go around the shop to a bay. I feel like that's something that like surely local people have like complained to the store about. Like why right. do you not have a bay in I just feel like that's poor design. Area? Yeah, like mm. you've, you've compromised having a bay for one extra park. But now people are just using a park for a a bay anyway. Exactly. So it defeats the whole purpose. At least have them more secure. Yeah. Actually, I have a story about a trolley, which is so funny. So when we got stuck in a town recently because of the flooding, we were um, in this shopping center, like looking for a park, Ron and I. And all of a sudden, we see this trolley shoot down through the shop doors and it's like by itself, but it's going so fast that we. I can only assume that someone pushed that thing so hard, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Has but it got it, now stuff in it? No. Nah. But now it's like kind of on an angle, so it's getting so much momentum. So we see this thing and this lady is standing there and she doesn't see it and, sh- and her back's towards it and it like takes out her knees, you know, and she like knees buckle and she's like, ah, you know, and like yells out and we're like, oh, my gosh. But then it keeps on coming and it's coming towards the car and we had just recently – we're driving one of oh, yeah. Ron's family members' cars and Ron has to think so quickly, puts the car in reverse and, like, goes backwards. This trolley just misses our car but hits the car that's parked next to us, hits it so hard that it bounces off that car and hits our car. It was so intense. We were like – and I'm so glad I wasn't driving because, I mean, I can drive manual but I'm definitely not quick to, like, put it in reverse. No. And, you yeah. know, it was very stressful. I'd, but- like, stole it probably. <laughs> But it was just so random. We were laughing so much and, you know, we parked our car and that lady was still staying there and I was like, are you okay? And she's like, I don't know where that came from. And I was like, no (laughs) idea because there was no one around. It was just this random wild trolley. (laughs) Was it like wild weather? No. Like really windy? No. But it was going so fast. Like it wasn't just rolling. It was like as if someone had pushed it so hard. My Lord, <laughs> I would have again, loved to have seen that. <laughs> it was so fun. Every now and again, we're like, remember that trolley? <laughs> <laughs> that lady got destroyed by that trolley. <laughs> Literally oh, tackled by a trolley. Before we get into the episode, I need to send you starter of the week. For all those people who have been really missing starter of the week, I'm so sorry that we haven't been doing it. We just forget every week. No one's messaged about it. I don't think they really care. But <laughs> They're all like, thank God, so the week stopped. <laughs> How painful it is to listen to. I actually don't know what one this is. I don't know if it's you or me. I saved it ages ago. What 
you know, your 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 friends or your why am i a dj <laughs> literally whipping out a remix yeah. on a daily basis oh, all right let's get into it let's do it okay today we are talking about life hacks so when marissa and i first started our podcast. We did a, a brainstorm of all the things we wanted to talk about and Marissa did write down life hacks and we kind of forgot about it. And then recently, as a lot of you would know, the New York Times released an article called The Greatest Life Hacks in the World for now, in brackets. And so that's been all over TikTok. A few podcasts have spoken about it. And so basically what we're going to do is we, we're going to go through the article and read out the ones that like really resonated with us and speak on those. And then we'll also bring forward our own life hacks that we've thought about. Yeah. But I've really struggled to think about life hacks, not going to lie. Same. And I'm also <laughs> like, even when I thought about this as a topic like early days, I was mm. thinking more like when I think life hacks, I think practical life hacks yeah. like, I don't know, some Products. clever thing you should do with a Ziploc bag or something yeah. random. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Whereas I would classify these as more like life, life lessons yeah. or life lessons. Yeah, I agree. Over a life hack. So yeah. to think of a life lesson, I was like, I'm not this deep. <laughs> But I've got a couple. Oh, well, so I still went with the practical ones that I'm bringing forward. Ah, okay. That's fine. That's all right. Do you want to read the first one that you liked from the article? Sure. Um, This one, because this I feel like is very relatable in a renovation sense. Okay. And it's when you have 90% of a large project completed, finishing up the final details will take another 90%. Oh, Okay. I get over the hump of a task, yeah. particularly like if we're talking practical renovation tasks, I get mm-hmm. over that hump. I feel like I'm nearly at the end. You're starting to kind of see the project come together and there's just these last finishing touches and I will allow myself quite a substantially smaller amount of time to kind of wrap up those last bits, mm. but that always blows out, oh, always, okay. always. Yeah, right. Like, for example, the bathroom, I just had to put on some taps. Oh, okay. But then because I had in that area put tile over tile, now the stick thing that comes out the wall is too short. So my Mm. taps don't fit anymore. And do you think I can find another one? Do you think I can change this stick? No, because now I can't get into the wall. So it creates this whole big thing. All I had to do was just screw on a freaking tap. That should have taken 45 seconds. Yeah, okay. Then it takes three weeks because I can't. Like we have to stay at mum and dad's for another two weeks because I can't work out this tap. <laughs> you know, it must be like a subconscious thing that when you see it's like coming to an end, like you probably put less brain capacity into the task. Yeah, maybe not with the taps thing. Like I'm sure you were probably thinking about it. You can't really foresee that stuff, but in every other task, you're like, oh, there's just less like motivation towards it because you're coming to the end it's like yeah. when you're doing a run and you're like last 10 meters you know you're not going to sprint mm. some people mm. would not me <laughs> some people would. and like I think when you're starting a task within that first 50 percent you sometimes you're not even actually physically seeing the result of that task or mm. how it's coming together but by the time you get to 90 percent you can either mentally or physically actually see that that thing having come together yeah, so you yep. feel like you've just got this tiny little bit to go because it feels like you've come so far. 
Yeah. But actually, maybe that last what you think is 10% actually still like 30%. Yeah, so true. Okay, I'll read the first one that I loved, um, which is, ignore what they are thinking of you because they are not thinking of you, Mm. (laughs) which I just Mm -hmm. love. I love that life lesson. A few times I've had to remind myself of that and other people of that because when you're in this like self-conscious mindset, you're thinking that everyone is, you know, analyzing what you're doing. Why did she say that? Why did she do that? Why is she putting her hands there? You know, when you have like a bit of an Mm. insecure day. And you're just like a bit self-conscious. I've got to like remind myself that actually, Salome, the world doesn't revolve around you. Like no yeah. one is thinking about you the way that you're thinking about you. Because it's not like when I'm talking to you or a stranger, I'm thinking, why did they say that? Why did they say that weird? That came out awkwardly. You know what I mean? Mm. So well, it's the fringe like- is looking really weird right now. Yeah, you're just exactly. listening. <laughs> like everyone's got their yeah, own stuff true. going on. No one has the time to be devoting their thought capacity to you. Mm. You don't matter mm-hmm. that much. Sorry. It's actually freeing. Yeah, I was going to say it's like it's actually really nice and humbling to be like actually no one gives a fuck about me. <laughs> like how we, we talked about this a little bit on our um, Instagram episode. Like, you know, people mm. oh, you yeah. think that people care a lot about, you know, maybe a little defect in your Instagram post or something. But yeah, like defects. no one cares. It's <laughs> noticing no. that. Like I don't know, photo bomber in the back or something. Like no one, no one really cares. <laughs> and the, like again, the people that do care, they're not your friends. That's right. I thought this was a good like idea. Not something that I've done as such. Maybe not even something I will do. But purchase a tourist guidebook in your hometown. You'll learn a lot about playing tourist once a year. But I thought maybe more just about like country in general. I don't know. For some reason, what came to my mind about this was when we did our camper van trip in Tasmania, my nana gave me or gave us this book mm-hmm. and it was um, like all the free or like kind of cheaper campsites or whatever. It's in Australia, but we obviously used it in in Tasmania and it was like the places we went were so nice and we would have never found them had we have just been looking like online and typing in like the town and the caravan park for example yeah yeah that's like, true there were so many times we literally had like the coordinates to a national park campground and we would have to like put in the long and lat to get to this particular campground and it would be right on the water and like the mm. most scenic beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life and every day I look literally it's in our front room and I see that book and I think like I need to use that book here yeah we probably need to get a camper van here and use that book here and go to places that are a bit off the beaten track because you Mm. always look at these main towns or you know and then oh what caravan park's near there or what Airbnb is near there but sometimes I think yeah, those kind of like hidden ones, those cheaper ones, those national parks where there's maybe not facilities, mm. but that's where the real gems are, I think. Yeah. And I think they probably would be on the internet, but it would be really hard to find it because obviously like the big four caravan parks yeah. and Discovery They'd Caravan pay Parks. to be at the top. Yeah. And how hard would it be if you're like a new up and coming, you know, campsite for you to get mm. onto even page three would take so mm. long. And no one's scrolling mm. to page three. No one's got page three. Actually, that was um what we had with our wedding venue. We mm. were Googling wedding venues so much. Couldn't f- I mean, we found some, but they were so expensive or just not quite right. And then I found ours in a, um, a random magazine. 
Mm. And obviously, like, it, you know, they, again, were on Google. Once I found the name, I could Google them, but I never would have just stumbled across it unless Fair. I had seen it yeah. in a magazine. And that was like an unreal venue. Yeah, it was perfect. And now that venue was so expensive. So yeah, we got I think so lucky. Just like the timing of finding things when they're still a little bit secret. There's something mm. really special in that, which is slightly off of this, but that's what I got out of it. <laughs> yeah, nice. Okay. Um, yeah. Always make the call. If you're disturbed or confused by something someone did, mm. always pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a really good one because how often do you like stew and stew on something? Yeah. And, you know, you work something up so much worse in your head than in real life. Yeah, it's and funny, you're like, isn't it? well, they said that because of this. They must have said that because they're mad at me for this, this, and this, you know? And then I reckon like 99% of the time, you are so off the mark with what you're 100%. thinking. 100%. Because your mind just takes you to crazy places. Yeah. And the other person literally might not have even thought about that situation since the minute that it happened. Yeah, they're like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> what? <laughs> and there you are, just like got yourself in an absolute state for nothing. Mm. Our brains are strange in that way, I think. Yeah. They really like don't serve us well under those circumstances. <laughs> because then you think, oh, well, if I ask like that, I'm going to sound like a psycho. You know, I don't want to sound like yeah. I'm overthinking it, but you are anyway, but so I you am. may as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you may as well just like release yourself a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. Just because it's not your fault doesn't mean it's not your responsibility. Oh, I highlighted that as well. Tell me why you liked it. Um, I think some people just probably find things like, it's not my fault. I can write it off, Mm. call it a day on it. When that doesn't eliminate all of your responsibility. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's just interesting and that sometimes just because things are not your fault or don't directly involve you or don't like impact on your life doesn't mean that they don't hold a sense of importance, responsibility, mm. duty to still play out what that's what's involved in that or be involved in resolving that situation. Do you have an example? I'm only asking because I also highlighted that and then I skipped okay. over it because I didn't have an example. <laughs> but like uh, I so agree with what you're saying. Yeah, um, let me think. Um, uh, the only one I can think of, it's like, nursing and it's like really crazy but like just to give a broad example say like somebody somebody I don't know knocked someone off their bike or something and kept driving Mm. that's not your fault but like if you've seen that situation like unfold and you you can offer assistance well then that's your responsibility to still offer assistance yeah that's what I mean like that's not very like super relatable (laughs) but I don't know. That's very all that niche. I can think of right now. It's but very niche. You can apply that to a lot of things. Like if you know something that's true, oh, it's almost like mm. say you know someone's had an affair or someone's been cheated yeah, on. Like, yes, that nice. doesn't involve you. It's you're not, your not the fault. one that's had the affair. It's not your fault. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you now have a responsibility to do something mm. about that, I believe mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you tell someone if they – Yes. Say you knew that, yeah, but would you give the other person a chance to tell them? I think it depends on the circumstances. If it was like really new Mm. and I had just found out, I probably would still say, mate, I fucking know what you've been doing. (laughs) You dodgy motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a day. 
Mm. Would you ever not tell someone or ever not address it? I don't think so. Yeah, same. I couldn't not. Again, your I can't imagine. Yeah, because it's not your decision what they do with that information. That's that's then their decision. That's their responsibility. But it's your responsibility to at least tell them. So I can't imagine a time when it wouldn't be like in the person's best interest to know. Yeah. Like then if they decide to stay with the person, well, then that's fine. That's up to you. You've given them all the information they you have and they deserve. What mm. they do with that is not on you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, I've heard this a- several times in different podcasts where someone will write in like, oh, I cheated on my partner 10 years ago. It never happened again. We've moved on. We're in such a good place. You know, what do I do? And the people will be like, it's not going to benefit anyone to tell him now. He's moved on. You guys are in a good place. You know, you don't yeah, have but to tell he him. He hasn't moved on if he doesn't know. Exactly. And I'm like, well, of course you're in a good place. He doesn't have all the information. <laughs> like, I just feel <laughs> He's like. He's not moved on. You should always know. tell. Yeah. Like, I just feel like that's such yeah. a selfish decision. Like, you're in a good place for you because you know how bad of a place you could be in. Yeah, exactly. You've somehow managed to live with yourself without having told them, but that doesn't mean that you've both moved forward. <laughs> you've not moved anywhere. Exactly. You've just oh. successfully held a secret for a really long time. Yeah. And then yeah. I feel like some people feel bad, like, oh, I don't want to be the one to tell them, you know, I don't want to be the one. No, it's not got nothing to do with you. It's that person's fault. Exactly. It's not your fault. No. Hello listeners, sorry to interrupt. Just a quick message from us. Firstly, a massive thank you to our Patreons. We cannot thank you enough for financially supporting us to help keep this podcast going and growing. If this is something you too would be interested in, you'll find the link to our Patreon account in the show notes of this episode. Thanks as always for listening. Let's get back to the show. Is it my turn? Okay. <clears throat> Marriage is a 50-year conversation. Marry someone you want to talk mm. with for the rest of your life. Mm. I feel yeah, like I that's don't. like a really basic one because I don't know how you could even just date someone who you can't chat to, mm. just have like good chats with. But I actually do think people do that. <laughs> people do date people yeah, that they, they don't do. have heaps in common with and who they don't really talk a lot to. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? My mm. mind is just going to The Bachelor right now because we've been watching that and it's nearly finished. But is it like, good? Um, like it's trash. But yeah. this, um, it's like easy watching trash. But this mm. season, they've introduced this thing where, like, at the end, they propose. There's mm-hmm. a ring propose, and like, I just find that so strange. That I mean, like, I don't know. It's annoying in the sense that it's. It's, I think, a bit silly. And there's one girl there that's in the final two and she's like, I just don't feel comfortable. Like Mm. it's not saying that I don't really love this person or like want to see where it goes, but I'm just not comfortable to be engaged. At the end of the day, this person's literally been dating multiple people for weeks. Like you've Mm. had, what, one or two maybe single dates. You're not in a position that you're you're ready to engage in an engagement. Like that's crazy. so ridiculous. I don't know. I find – shotgun weddings and engagements and stuff I find them really interesting because mm. I feel it do- it does take time to get to know each other it just does yeah 
there's nothing else to it other than it just takes time because there's only so much time in a day that you can ask them questions and you yeah. can build a relationship. So, And that's not to say like that you can't have a successful marriage because I think what then you guys consciously put into that, you know, plays mm. a big part. I, I've worked with a lot of Indian women who have um, come from or are in arranged marriages and they're happy mm. because they've – Obviously, there's a culture element that's a bit different. So there's a men, you know, like a mentality that's a bit different. But they've consciously made a decision that that's their husband. So they, you know, they make the effort. They put the time in. So, mm. and so it's not to say that those types of situations can't work. It's just, it's just interesting. I feel like that's the exception, not the rule, though. Yeah. Like they can, that doesn't mean they always do. And I feel like, yeah, if it's a cultural thing and that's the mentality, that's very different to someone getting engaged after being on a reality TV show. You know, it's not the Mm. same. But I I know people who have had really quick dating periods, really quick engagements and have had, you know, amazing marriages. Mm. But I think between us, we know a lot of the opposite as well. So yeah. I feel like it really does come down to the individual, like why you're getting married quickly, you know, yeah. like what driving force is it? Is it that the fact that you you know each other so well now and you love each other and you're just ready to be married or is it just like you want a wedding, you want mm. a marriage regardless of who it is, you know, things like that. Mm. But I don't understand why they've done that on the show. It literally must just be for viewers' entertainment. Yeah, I think that it's been around for a while now and probably ratings are slipping. They've literally – they've got three Bachelors this season. They've smashed it out in like a really short time frame before like another Married at First Sight starts. So, I don't know. It's very strange. <laughs> so but, strange. Um, guilty pleasure. Oh, yeah. love that for you. Okay, you'll go. Something does not need to be perfect to be wonderful. And then it says, especially at weddings. I thought that was just simple and nice because I think sometimes we do get a bit sort of caught up in the details and wanting things to be perfect. But Mm -hmm. that's what, like, my sister recently was involved in organizing a hens and shoot, you know, like, you know, you put so much effort into the process and you just really hope that everything goes well. But, and she was nervous, you know, I hope everything pulls together, especially when there's, you know, lots of, um, people involved so you've Mm. all got different parts so you don't know how everyone's going to bring their part in and how it's all going to kind of go but I said to her like we don't know what we don't know yeah exactly so if something doesn't go exactly to plan that you know you guys had to plan we don't know that because we don't know the plan so we don't so for us like it's probably going to be great we don't know what we don't know so I think sometimes I can be bad for this too. It gets, you know, you just want – you put so much effort into something so you mm. you want it to be perfect. You want it to go smoothly but sometimes things don't have to be 100% perfect to still be perfect. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Yes, obviously the things that you're putting effort into contributes to a really nice event. That's not the stuff that people remember anyway. Like people mm. remember, you know, the social time they had, the, the laughter with yeah. friends and – you know, the the games that you played, things like that. People aren't being like... How they felt. Yeah, how they felt, exactly. People aren't sitting there being like, um, those centerpieces are very empty or... <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> yeah, things like that. I remember I used to get very, very stressed when I was younger, when I was hosting an event, um, like say like a 
a little party or something when I was in high school. And I would be like, oh my gosh, what if people don't have a good time? You know, I'd be really, really stressed. And then my brother said to me, which is literally never left me. He said, Salome, if you're providing people with a place, food to eat, and if there's music, like an atmosphere, and they don't have a good time, that's their fault. That's not your fault. Mm. And I was like, oh yeah, that's so true. Like as long as you're doing the bare minimum, like people aren't hungry, you know, there's chairs to sit down. It's actually not your problem if they don't have a good time. That's right. That's a good one. I like that. Um... Should we do one more and then go on to our own ones? Sure. If you're doing something you don't want others to find out about, it's probably wrong. I don't know. I like that. It's such a simple way to live, but like if it feels like, oh gosh, should I be doing this? I don't know. Then just don't do it. Like Ruin and I were reflecting on a few things that have um, that happened over the last two years and we regretted two decisions that we made with how we handled a particular incident. And both of those things we regret and both of those times we were really unsure of what to do and like we made the decision based on some feedback that we had been given from people and some advice that we were kind of told that we, you know, we should go a particular way. We made these decisions and we didn't feel comfortable at the time and then we did it and we still regret it and we're just like, man, Mm. like just listen to your gut. Like you know you know when things don't sit right with you and it's for a reason. It's because it doesn't align with your values. So just don't do it. And I think it's so it's so deeply ingrained in you. Like even now, if I say no to Lily, like she turns around and gives me a smoke, but she knows what I'm saying. Mm. At such a young age, you start to develop right from mm. wrong. You start to develop your moral compass. This is ingrained in you for so many years. So when you are in your early adulthood or teens or whatever, you do really have a strong sense of what's right and wrong, what you think you should do, what's the right thing to do, all this sort of stuff. So when your body literally physically makes you feel sick or, you know, does things in your tummy or makes your heart beat faster, like your body is like – you know that this isn't the right thing. Exactly. It's physically telling your brain that's already telling you. Like, you know. So I think if you go against that, then it's almost always never a great outcome. No. And it might not even be, like, I know that's not what this one's saying, but it might not be the wrong thing, but it might even be like a feeling of, oh, you should do this because that's the right thing. Mm. You know, like you might be sitting there being like, oh, I should really, for example, at work, I should really send this PowerPoint to that teacher who's teaching the same subject because that would be helpful for them. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Like, you've obviously thought about Mm. it because that's a value that you have and you want to be helpful or whatever. But then, like, sometimes you don't do it and then you just, like, why? Like, you've thought about it. You already know that you Mm. feel more comfortable doing this. So, just do it. And there's been a few situations where I've been at work and I've had this feeling that I really need to like almost dob myself in about something that's happened. Like for example, uh, this didn't happen, but like say I forgot to teach something and I've looked through the exam and they're going to be tested on something the kids don't know. And I can really easily just like not tell anyone and just be Mm. like, oh, well, whatever, like the kids will think they learnt it. So I'll just let them kind of suffer through that question. Or I can dob myself into my head of department and be like, look, I didn't actually teach that. Um, is it okay if we change the exam? Like obviously that's annoying for everyone. You've got to reprint the exams, all, all that stuff. But every time I've done that thing, it's gone so much better than what I thought it would because people value honesty. And when you 
when you're just yeah. vulnerable and you say like, look, this is the mistake I made. So many people sweep things under the rug and try to protect themselves and people don't like that quality. People would rather you just say, look, I stuffed up. How do we fix it? And go with a solution. Don't just be like, oh, help me, you know. Oops. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Trust your gut. Trust your gut. Okay. So what ones did you think of? It was going to be much better than mine. Well, no, because mine are not practical hacks, which I wish they were, but they're just they're, they're three weird deep things. Okay, go. Um, do not believe the things you tell yourself when you're sad and or alone. Mm, okay, explain it. I just think sometimes like if you've had a really bad day and things are not going well, you know sometimes when it, when it rains it pours and like mm. you just, you know, like it, your bad day turns into like a really shitty day. I think it's just important when you get in that, like in that sort of space and then your mind starts telling you things like just they're not relevant things. Like you would never say that the next day Mm. when you're not having a shitty day. That's so true. So like just don't even let yourself go there. That's such a good point. Yeah, I really like that. I think we have much more control over our thoughts and what we think we do. Mm. I believe that. Well, I feel like that's a bit of a Christian principle, but I think it applies to everyone. Like you're not like you can control your thoughts. Sometimes they'll slip in, but actually I was speaking to someone about this recently. Like if you let those negative thoughts take hold, every time you have another negative thought, then you're going to be pushed deeper. And then those Mm. negative thoughts get worse and they stay for longer. Whereas if you just kind of deal with them and just be like, no, that's not true, like speak, you know, facts over them or truth over what you're thinking or even like talk to someone about it. Like, Rowan, I'm feeling a bit like this. Is that true? And he'll be like, no, what are you talking about? You know, (laughs) but like when you You just like sit there in the Mm. dark and you're like, oh, like, you know, just wallowing in having a hectic pity party. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you can definitely do something about it. We're not obviously talking about like severe mental health issues. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Just a bit of a shitty day. Yeah. Um, okay. Mine, again, a little bit more practical. Well, this is actually one that you gave to me and I was wondering if you would forget about it, so I stole it. But Marissa told me recently to write a list of all the dinners that you cook mm. and you've got mm-hmm. like all your options on a list and then when you get to doing the grocery shopping, you've got all of your options there because I hate planning out the meals for the week. It's so annoying. Like I'll go to Ruan and be like, what do you want to eat this week? And he'll be like, I don't know. What are the options? And I'll be like, mm. I don't know. Like, And then you just can't think yeah, of Yeah, I can't think time. of a single thing I've ever cooked for some reason. So we started doing that where we've made like a list and there'll be like more expensive options. There'll be like a cheaper dinner option section and we just Mm -hmm. pick from the list and it's so much easier. Oh, I'm glad to hear. (laughs) Yeah, we've been loving it. Thank you for that. No worries. (laughs) And obviously you can always add things. Like if you learn something new or you go to a restaurant and you're like, I could probably make that Mm -hmm. or whatever, you can always add things to your list. So your list is ever growing. So your variety still changes, but if you've got, or there's just things that you do make all the time that you just didn't think of when you first made the list. Exactly. But yeah, it's so much easier. I don't know. Like, I don't think we could do groceries and function if we didn't have this list on the side of the fridge because it's so helpful. That is, that's, yeah, that's the main part of the battle is trying to think of five meals. Yeah. <laughs> it's near impossible. <laughs> oh, so funny. I'm glad to hear that that is helping you. Good. Next one. 
Don't trust everything you see. Even salt looks like sugar. Mm, oh, I like that one. Mm, so did I. I like the salt sugar thing. <laughs> so true. What do you mean by that? Um, Just like I put it more into like people, mm. you know, like don't always trust exactly what you see when you see it. I see a lot of people that just kind of – wear their heart on the sleeve and really like develop deep relationships quickly and sometimes in those situations you have rose-colored glasses on Mm. and you don't see everything for exactly what it is Mm. which in a way is nice but can also make you really vulnerable but I think that that extends to a lot of things you know we've talked about before when I've had rose-colored glasses on for buying properties Mm. or different things I think we all can be guilty of that at times and you know you want to see the best out of lots of situations you want to trust that it's sugar you've just put in your tea and not salt but sometimes that's not the case sometimes you just need to sort of like err on the side of caution with some situations yeah that's so true protect yourself yeah I'm very naive when it comes to trusting people I think I feel like I trust people very very quickly Mm. I think it can be like a really nice quality at the same time, but it obviously just opens you up to being disappointed or being hurt or whatever. But at the same time, I don't think that you should like mistrust every person that you meet because you're, you know, like you you can't take that to the extreme where you miss out on things because you're thinking the worst of every situation. Mm. But I think in, in some instances you just need to be careful because things aren't always as they seem. Yeah, for sure. It's so true. Organize your outfits ahead of time. Mm. So I am someone who stresses out a lot in the mornings if I can't find something to wear. Mm. And like, you know, obviously if you're wearing a dress, that's fine. But like finding pants to wear with the top and then the top doesn't look right and now I've got to change the pants and like it would be really, really hectic. Um, and so then I started on Sunday um, organizing all of my weekly outfits. Mm, nice. Also, I would make more of an effort to wear more things in my wardrobe because if I didn't think about it, I would just always reach for the same things. Same. So then yeah. I'd be like, I want to wear two dresses, one pair of pants, you know, uh, one jumpsuit, whatever. And it's so much better because in the morning I just put it mm. straight on. It's already ironed. It's already good to go. And you know that looks right. Yeah, it looks right. And I'm, um, yeah, using more of my clothes than what I would otherwise. It's hmm. a good idea. Hmm. I um, think like, when I first started nursing, I used to think like, oh, you know, I envied people that wore casual. You know, I thought it was so nice. You can have your nails done. You can look put together. You can look really like nice. Mm. Here I am in scrubs. But there's a whole like – extra elements to wearing casual at work. Oh, seriously. Like it is actually a lot easier to wear a uniform. Mm. Especially I think if you're like purely corporate, I feel like that's a bit easier too because you're generally in like slacks and like a, you know, collared shirt and things. But, oh, maybe it's, I don't know if it's really like that, but like working at a school, there's so many, like you can literally wear most things. You can wear like a really nice summery dress or you can wear corporate or you can wear, you know, um, a staff polo with more of an active vibe. So there's like so many different options you could go for. So it's mm. nice to plan it out for the week. So it's like a little bit versatile. Yeah. It That's just saves me idea. so much time. It's the best. Nice. My last one is, 
hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Mm. Did you Google these? I did. <laughs> Google images of all things. Okay, They're nice. like on this one's someone holding a guitar on the beach. Oh, beautiful. In the background. <laughs> Lovely. But I think that is like I would say that I'm probably if if you had like talent and hard work and you had to give yourself a percentage of each, mm. I would think that I probably have more hard work than talent. So I think that that's – I don't know. I just thought it was nice that sometimes – like you don't always have to be the most qualified or the best person for a situation. Mm. If you work hard, you can still get that promotion. You could still be considered for a role. I mean, sometimes it's it can be awkward when it's, you know, dependent on a qualification or something. Yeah. But I think generally speaking, if you're – if you're at, if you're in the same role as somebody, and you've both you know got the same degree, but you're a harder worker, mm. but they might just be a little bit more book smart. I think you are just, if not more, in the race for a promotion. Mm. I think people value like leadership, and your boss values hard work over qualification anyway. Yeah, in some in some circumstances, but I think sometimes people kind of like rely on their talent or rely on this is this is what I look like on paper so I can kind of sit back whereas people that maybe lack in that area a little bit acknowledge that they have to work harder or prove it harder and and then that ends up winning overall yeah that's so true stop buying a lot of fake jewelry and instead buy a few pieces of good quality timeless jewelry Mm. because for such a long time I have I have this massive like mirror cupboard which is like a whole jewelry thing (laughs) um and there's so much jewelry in there like so much almost like costume jewelry jewelry. yeah (laughs) and I would buy so much of it and I would buy you know for every new event I'd get a new pair of earrings to match the dress and things like that but Oh, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just so much better to have a few, like maybe like five pieces that are like real jewelry. They look so much nicer. They last so much longer, especially as you get a bit older. That's what I was going to say. I think there comes a point where like there's a shift in Mm -hmm. that and your kind of style does go away from that more fast fashion or Mm. um costume style stuff and then moves closer to like a bit more classy yeah as you get think so. towards your 30 you know and that probably applies to a lot of things I feel like that's always been Ruan's motto is um quality over quantity so he's like mm. never been like a things person like he has n- he has a few really nice things but they're like lifetime purchases so yeah like for example when he bought like a satchel for uni he saved up and he bought a real leather satchel and he'll literally have that for life like they last your whole life instead of like yeah you know several nike backpacks and stuff like that yeah you know yeah um so i feel like that's rubbed off on me and now i'm the same like i just i just want like maybe two handbags that are like one small one medium that's all i use they're real leather, so that's like actually, you know, a long-term purchase. Sorry for all mm. the vegans, but I am a fan of real leather. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Sorry, yeah, I'm actually not sorry at all. Um, yeah, quality no, of the I love that. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And I think like we have been in the trap bef- we've said before about like, you know, op shopping. I think mm. you sometimes it feels like more is more. Yeah. <laughs> But that's not always the case. And I think there's 
something happens. I don't know what it is, mm. but something happens around our age where things start to shift. Yeah. And you become like an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were talking about this literally last night. Ron was like, wow, we've been doing really well with our finances lately. Like we're just, we're saving a lot. And I was like, I literally don't buy anything. Like I don't buy yeah, anything apart from it? food and like things for the house. You know, like I have no desire to go out and buy myself clothes and shoes and handbags like well yeah even that like when I feel like when you have a house or when you start to be really like an adult in your own environment mm. too sometimes you would then I mean once your house is set up it's set up but like you would gravitate to buying something for your house yeah, exactly over some like hectic fake necklace <laughs> yeah. or something yeah, but I think it's like funny. as much as we say, oh, you know, you get to this age where I, I feel like some people literally never grow, like get out of that. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be judgmental because there would be little seasons where I'll be like, oh, you know, I feel like buying heaps of stuff as well. I think hmm. it's just the society we live in. But I'm just very thankful that I'm less in a materialistic mindset lately. Okay, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Okay, thanks everyone for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, we would very much appreciate a follow on Instagram on the platform you're listening to this on and maybe you can join our Facebook group as well. You'll also find the link to our Patreon in the show notes of this episode and we'll link that article we were reading from as well. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. Bye.